Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, the coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcoming you back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. And today I'm going to begin with a story. Um, it's not a dating story per se, but I think you'll see how it's applicable from dating because we're talking about whether you want him to lie to you. And I just experienced something in real life where a lie would have been preferable to the truth. Um, and it was caused to think about how we tell little white lies in relationships and, and uh, whether that's healthy. Um, a lot of people think it is, uh, I don't, and I wanna take a pretty strong stand against lying here today. So um, I asked permission to tell this story uh, about someone I work with, her, her name is Kim. I call her my work wife. I mean, I'm, she and I are connected at the hip for you know, uh, eight hours a day or something like that. Uh, she's on a different coast, but we're really close. She's smart, she's responsible. She puts out a lot of effort in her life. Uh, she takes care of her kids, she takes care of her parents, she takes care of her boyfriend, she takes care of my business. She puts herself out, has tremendous integrity, uh, confident, self-reliant, independent, bounces back from failure. I can always count on her. I love Kim. And it's great to have people you work with that you really, really love. And the reason I'm bringing her up is because we had this argument the other day that I, again, I just thought it was a microcosm of all relationship discussions wrapped up in one. So we're planning this webinar. By the time this podcast is released, you probably would have already seen it. It's called Three Reasons You're Guaranteed to uh, Fall in Love and Get Married Happily Ever After or something like that. Uh, I do all the writing. She does the project management. Uh, she delegates stuff to social media, the tech team, um, graphic designer. That's all Kim. So between you and me, don't tell everybody, her job is harder. I get to do the one thing I know how to do well, which is write and speak. The Everything else I'm not particularly good at. She's the, the right, right part of my brain. So my job is to be the dating coach and say my, my piece. She does everything else. And to come up with this webinar, I had to write like a 30-page script in a week. And Kim had the brainstorm of, let's pimp this whole thing out. Let's do a PowerPoint presentation. Let's do a workbook. Let's pre-record the whole thing so it looks pretty and we could reuse it. And suddenly, just my 30-page script became like a project. It became a lot more work. Um, but Kim was asked to lead. I don't. I, she's not just someone who takes orders from me. I want her to lead and to make decisions on my behalf. And so I put her in control, and I generally follow. Um, I wrote everything for her the week before Memorial Day, as was my job, and kind of washed my hands clean of it. And uh, because our our corporate culture is kind of family friendly, I don't I don't really work weekends. I don't encourage anybody I work with to work on weekends. But sometimes when things are getting kind of heavy, you have to put in a little bit of overtime uh, coming on the weekends to keep things moving. Kim did that over her family weekend and gave me a date in which we record the webinar. And this is relevant because when I went online to our project management system and I saw what she did, the first reaction was, wow, I'm really grateful that I have people who care so much to come in over the weekend and put in that time. Um, but I didn't feel the script was ready to go. There were still unanswered questions about, uh, about timing, whether we were gonna do testimonials, all this minutia that you don't necessarily need to know about, but I wasn't ready to record, right? Now, if it was during the work week, I would have Skyped Kim and we would have talked about it, but because it was a holiday weekend, she was away with her family, 
I wrote her an email and I'm going to read what I wrote. Kim, I appreciate your passion and drive, but this is being pushed too fast. We don't have a final script. We haven't agreed on software. We don't know where the buttons will be. I don't know what a workbook looks like. I'm not going to panic into recording this. We have to answer all our questions before I record it. That takes time. So this will get done when this gets done, but it likely won't be on Tuesday or Wednesday unless we've decided on all the variations, price points, calls to action, whether we're using a testimonial. In other words, recording is the last thing on my mind right now. Nailing down the webinar script and deck is more important and imminent. Trust me, this is dating advice. <laughs> so I sent that on a Sunday and I didn't hear back from Kim after that, which was fine after all. It was a three-day memorial weekend and she was with her family. But when we had our Tuesday morning check-in, Kim, on Skype video, was silent and stone-faced. And so like a husband, I said, honey, what did I do wrong? And she said, it was nothing, but I knew her well enough that I, to know that I'd done something. I just didn't know what I'd done. And after some prying, I learned that my email really set her off and shut her down. She said it was passive aggressive and hurtful. So from my perspective, I thought I was being a good communicator. I complimented her, I thanked her, I didn't say anything insulting, but I made it really clear that I wasn't ready to move on this project. But from her perspective, the fact that I complimented her and thanked her was just a, and this is in her words, a passive aggressive ploy, something that I did to take the sting out of my insult. So either way she was hurt, and since she works for me, I had to take ownership and understand how I could have communicated better. And we probably spent a half hour on the phone discussing this, because. She's a good communicator, I'm a good communicator, and when you work together, it is. It's like you don't want to go to bed mad, so I really had to get on the same page with Kim about what just happened. So in retrospect, I reread my response and tried to come at it from a, from a blank slate from where she was coming from, and I realized I overemphasized the many reasons I wasn't ready to start recording and underemphasized how appreciative I was that Kim had taken the time to think things through and push them forward. If we talked by video chat, this wouldn't have caused any issue. Right. She said, nothing I said was unreasonable. When we talked on the phone, she had no problem with it. It was how she read it, the tone she read into it, that caused the problem. Right. And so this is what I learned from this discussion. Right. And this is how you could apply it to relationships. Because I think, like, I, I'm, I don't think I'm any more blunt than most guys or insensitive than most guys. In fact, I, I try to be more sensitive. And here I am causing someone in my life great pain because she took something personally that was really just a business decision and somehow I'm responsible. So here's what I learned and I want you to consider how this affects the way you communicate with people in your life, whether it's your family or more specifically your, your boyfriend. So number one, never say anything important in writing. Like, never. <laughs> Kim felt my emails had a tone, but of course without my actual tone of voice and eye contact and body language, any, any tone she read into it was inferred, not real. Right? When we spoke of my reservations to move forward on this webinar project, she completely understood, had no objections. Right? It was reading my note on her phone over a stressful, stressful family weekend that felt to her like a punch in the gut. So same message, different delivery method, completely different reaction. So your takeaway, right? And write this in big letters on your, your mirror or whatever. Never, ever, ever discuss anything substantive over email or text. Right? If you have a phone, Skype, right? obviously in person, use that as your ability to uh, resolve issues before they blow up. Um, 
I can't tell you, because most people use text as a primary form of communication, this is where relationships discussions take place. And they can, right, you both have your phone in your hands, all you have to do is do this and have a real discussion, but you send these, these texts that leave out nuance, they leave out substance, they leave out eye contact, right? And, you, and one could read into them in a way that is not necessarily the message you want to intend. So, so very important. You could probably do a whole podcast on why you shouldn't have relationship discussions by text, but never discuss anything uh, that is important and requires a response by writing. Number two, context matters. Well, I can admit I spent too much time shooting down Kim's immediate plan and not enough time praising her for coming up with the plan. Kim admitted to me during our conversation that other circumstances of her life made her feel even more sensitive. Perhaps on a normal workday, my note would have been a blip on the radar, but when she got this note from me, she was already feeling drained by the interactions with her own family. The last thing she needed from me was something that she felt was deflating or demoralizing. Right? So it's easy to say that, oh, you know, Evan did something wrong, that may, may or may not be the case, but her emotional state when receiving this message also helped to dictate her response. Uh, number three, and this is from my side of things, taking ownership is essential. So despite my frustrations, and I'm, I'm trying to run a business here, and I said, hey, I just don't want to do this webinar this week, and suddenly we're having a, a husband, wife, you know, let's discuss us and why you make me feel bad, right? But that happens in, in, in business. But I didn't attack Kim for being sensitive. If anything, I asked her what specifically I could have done better to communicate disagreement without it being perceived as an attack. Now, I'm sure there are CEOs who do this more effectively than I do. And I said, if I have to read a book about how to do this to make all of my contractors respond to me better, I'd do it, right? I don't want to upset anybody. I want to learn how to communicate in a way that doesn't upset people. So my point, my ownership was not that she was wrong for feeling what she was feeling, but it's that she was, her feeling what I did wrong without any constructive feedback about what I could do better is essentially useless. It says, I feel hurt, but I have no idea how you could have made it better. And this is the hardest part about being the constant offender, right? The, the man who's constantly upsetting you and has no idea. We feel like we have to come sometimes read your mind and we're almost set, set up to fail, right? So Kim was clear that she didn't like how I delivered my message, but when I pressed her specifically on what I could have done better, she had no idea. And so we got into it, which brings me to point four. Sometimes it's actually impossible to please people. Um, and again, I have permission to say this because we already had this discussion, but you have to remember, Kim is my favorite person outside my own wife. Right? No disrespect to anybody else, but, but she's my go-to. And I rely on her heavily. And when we got into it, right, she's an adult, she's in her... 50, she's got three kids, right? This is, this is a person who is on a, at a, at a high, playing at a high level of life. Um, and when we dug into this, and I, I, I was almost like lawyerly, I was like, okay, I really wanna understand what happened here. How did I offend you? What could I learn from this, right? What could I do differently? And Kim's version of the story was this. She said, she's different than other people, right? Like me, she values truth above all, and she's tough enough to take it, right? And she calls this, this is her terms, radical honesty. She told me that instead of giving my half-praising sentiments, right, which I know is the compliment sandwich, say something nice, offer your criticism, end on something nice, she said, I don't need that. 
I should have told her my real feelings. I was annoyed that she wanted to record so fast. And to me, in my head, this is like a record scratching. There's something dissonant about this idea. Because my entire life I've been told I'm too blunt and too honest. So now an integral person at my company told me that I should have been more blunt and honest, except the part that I was blunt and honest deflated and deflated her and hurt her feelings. So you can see it's a, it's a mixed message, right? So I'm getting whiplash from this conversation, right? She's telling me I needed to be, you know, I was inauthentic and I should have been upfront and it would have gone down better. But from where I'm sitting, if I'm looking at her, if you're the CEO and you yell at your employees, which I didn't, uh, you're a dick. <laughs> and if he writes a memo to balance praise and criticism, in this case, I'm told I'm passive aggressive. And the employee wants the full unvarnished truth and says she can handle it. But when she gets a varnished version of the truth, she gets upset and shoots the messenger. So what Kim and I arrived at was that radical honesty, which is the thing she said she was looking for, is in direct competition with radical sensitivity. Right? And there was no obvious way that I could offer sensitive, critical feedback without insulting her. And again, this isn't my opinion. Kim admitted this inherent contradiction between telling me to be brutally honest with her because she's different and she could take it, and what she was telling me with her stony silence, right, as if I skinned her cat alive, or cat alive, right? She basically said, I, I could be honest with her as long as she doesn't think my honesty is hurtful. So all this stuff, if you look at it from, from my perspective, because I was trying to see it from her perspective, it leaves your partner with an impossible task. Right, we've all heard the phrase, the truth hurts. Well, it hurts if you're blunt, and it hurts if you throw in a compliment, and it hurts whenever someone tells you something that you don't want to hear. So the question is, what are you going to do with that hurt? What are you going to make it mean, and what is the solution for your future? And I thought of an old book I wrote, 2006. It was, um, it was called Why You're Still Single, Things Your Friends Would Tell You If You Promise Not to Get Mad. And there was a chapter called Men Don't Go Both Ways, where women want the Marlboro Man and the sensitive artist, right? They're, they're both attractive archetypes. Marlboro Man is strong and stoic and takes care of business and masculine. And the sensitive artist is the one who's like your best girlfriend. And he's, you know, you feel really connected to him. You can share anything. But their strengths are also their weaknesses. The Marlboro Man doesn't want to talk about his feelings, right? Isn't particularly interested in your feelings. And the sensitive artist might seem because he shares so much, he might sometimes seem a little weak or a little vulnerable, a little feminine comparatively. So no matter what guy you choose, there's a slight trade-off. And every guy that you choose is gonna fall short somehow. Either he's gonna be really sensitive to your feelings, right? And being sensitive to your feelings doesn't mean speaking the whole truth, or he constantly speaks his truth, and he's perceived as being insensitive to your feelings. So bring this back to you. I can't tell you who you are. I can't tell you how to be, but I can tell you this. I am not that unusual. Um, you might come from a world where you think all men are liars. I know. I find it a lot easier to tell the truth than it is to tell a lie. And I place a high premium on being myself and expressing myself. And I choose to surround myself with people who love me either because or in spite of my propensity for honesty. So, Carefully choosing my words due to other people's insecurities or sensitivities is the least desirable state, right? I would rather have fewer friends who appreciate honesty instead of friends who claim to want it and then blaming me for being myself. So 
Kim would be the first to tell you that my integrity is impeccable. Right? I'm 100% trustworthy and that I'm always trying to do the right thing. Now, that doesn't mean I'm perfect as a boss, uh, as a friend, as a husband. I'm still opinionated. I'm still a perfectionist. I still have high standards and a general low tolerance for mistakes. But ultimately, I'm just as honest with myself and I take responsibility for my personality flaws. Right? For the loved ones around me, the honesty, I hope, outweighs the bluntness. And I'm not saying it should for you or for the people in your life. I'm saying that what you need to do is make an honest assessment of what you want from your man. Because right? men can't be all things, right? Can't be the Marlboro man and the sensitive artist, right? He can't tell you the 100% truth, right? And be perfectly sensitive to your feelings because his truth is sometimes going to conflict with your feelings. So think about the men you've dated in the past. I've got a little checklist here for you if you want to write it down. A, were they honest? If not, why'd you date them? You should never date a man you can't trust. So dishonest guys, fundamentally dishonest guys, shouldn't be part of your life. So why did you date a dishonest guy? All right, think about that for a second. Now, if he was honest, did you judge him for telling you the truth? Did he get in trouble for speaking his feelings? And if so, what incentive does he have to keep speaking his feelings? If he gets yelled at every time he tells his truth, if you have to have a relationship discussion because he likes some cute girl's picture on Facebook and you know you gave him an, an earful for how disrespectful that is to you, well, what incentive does he have to, to tell you about that or let you be his Facebook friend if he's going to get yelled at every time he does something that's relatively innocuous? Um, so think about, do you say you want honesty, but then judge him for his, for his honesty? Now, we'll go to C. If you judged him for his honesty, how would you like him to communicate? Right? So that, that's, the, that's where I landed with Kim. It's this, this unbreakable conundrum. Right? If you judge a guy for his honesty, right? if honesty is not the right policy, what is the right policy? If it's not more honesty, are you actually saying that you'd like him to lie to you? Now, you might spin that as, no, I just want him to be more tactful. Tactful is often another word for lie, <laughs> right? Oh, honey, I mean, this is a, the women lie. Oh, you look great in those jeans, right? That's the, that's the lie that ends the conversation. Instead of necessarily telling the truth, those jeans aren't very flattering on you, which could be perceived as hurtful. So ask yourself, do you want honesty or do you want to lie? And I, I don't judge you either way, but you have to be consistent. So D, if you'd like him to lie to you, aren't you saying that you don't want him to be himself? Aren't you saying basically that to maintain a relationship with you, he has to walk on eggshells and carefully watch his words to avoid telling the truth and hurting your feelings? All right. Now again, this is, gonna, this is gonna poke you because no one wants to think that someone has to lie to be with them. But if your sensitivities are always triggered by his truth, we have to ask, well, what, is, what is that about? And finally, what is the solution to this dilemma? Right? Do you want him to be honest, which may be perceived as insensitive? Or do you want him to be more sensitive, which may result in him not being as honest? So I don't have an answer. I just have a question, right? a, a, a dilemma that affects all of us. Men, right? and this isn't gender-based, but this happens a lot. Men are being set up to fail in most relationships. We're damned if we tell the truth. Yes, I'm attracted to other women. Yes, I don't like ha hanging out with some of your friends and family. Yes, you talk too much, but I love you anyway. Right, that's the truth. 
the reason I'm in a happy marriage is because I'm 100% honest. My wife can handle 100% honesty. Right? And so there's no games. No one's bottling up their feelings. No one's crying it out because we can't take the truth. Right? And again, this is not the template for everybody, but it works. Right? I think it should be. Right? So if you're single, I want you to ask yourself whether you want 100% honesty or not. And if you don't want it, because people like me are too insensitive or tactless, realize the alternative is ending up with a man who doesn't want to express his feelings, is comfortable telling lots of white lies, or feels trapped because he can't speak his mind and be himself. That's the alternative. The 100% honest man would just boil over or leave if everything he said could be construed in the most hurtful way. And that's most of my relationships prior to marriage were, you know, women were like, I, I can't take you. <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. Um, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. But people who pride themselves on, on being honest, it's really difficult to uh, surround yourself in lies over and over and have to remember what you say. And um, again, I, 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 I don't think my way is the only way to be. Um, I just find it really hard to be anybody else. And so um, I want you to think about that internally, right? Kim and I are working on our radical honesty and we do it over Skype every day, right? Video chat from across country. So I hope you and the man in your life can agree that it's better to tell the truth than to tell a lifetime of lies because you're both too insecure to handle the truth. Right? This works both ways. Right? We could flip the genders and if you have a really sensitive husband who, who gets very angry when you, when you offer your opinion, um, he, he needs to be able to handle your truth too. So um, thanks for joining me on this little discursion about honesty and whether you want your man to lie to you. And if it was challenging, um, I, I, I'm glad. Um, if I didn't challenge you and I just told you something that you wanted to hear, I would not be doing my job. So I appreciate you joining me here on the Love You Podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. On next week's episode, I'm going to be tackling your limiting beliefs about love, specifically what you believe that's not true, that's holding you back, preventing you from getting happy. It's important stuff. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, you subscribe on YouTube, and don't miss out. Follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. I'll be in touch with you every day, send you free memes, blog posts, inspiration, questions. And finally, I give away my best stuff on evanmarkcats.com. Give me your name and email address, and I will help you get the love you deserve. See you again next week on the Love You Podcast.